flipping off Grizz before dropping down in my chair. As the heat begins to fade from my cheeks, I chip the clear polish off my fingernails. Nice speech, Sutton, Cameron says. He's in the desk next to mine, staring straight ahead and not looking at me. He never looks at me. Thanks. No problem. I wish he never talked to me either. Things here at Brooks Academy are usually pretty simple. We show up and listen to the druggies, the criminals, and the anger management cases, like me, give speeches, or whatever pointless project is assigned. Then we go home. This is where the district sends the students they've expelled, keeping their funding by continuing our education. Yep, glorified GED classes equal an education around here. But it's fine. I came to class and minded my own business. Then Cameron Ramsey showed up, all sexy and quiet. None of us even know why he's in here. He definitely doesn't fit. I mean, the kid drives a BMW. He's a distraction. And for some reason, I'm the only one privy to his one-liners. Nice speech. What the hell is that about? Cameron? Mr. Jimenez calls from the front. Would you like to participate? Cameron closes his notebook and shakes his head no. I wonder if he didn't do the assignment, or if he just hates people. I understand either way. When the teacher moves on, Cameron takes out his phone and begins playing a game under his desk. Mr. Jimenez leans on the podium, clearly exhausted. Well, unless anyone else has something to add, I guess we're done for the day. He leaves his offer open, but if he thinks any one of the twelve of us is going to prolong class, he's obviously having an acid flashback. Goodbye, Mr. Jimenez announces loudly and turns away. I feel sort of bad for the guy. He's youngish, young enough to still think he can make a difference in our lives. But he's our third savior this year. I wonder how many times a day he wishes he went into business management instead. I stand and swipe my notebook into my bag, relieved the day is over. I turn just as Cameron shoves his phone into his pocket. Without looking at me, he smiles. I'll see you around, Sutton, he says. Uh, yeah, I respond. Tomorrow. Here. He laughs and starts walking away. Right, he says. That's what I meant. I watch after him, confused maybe blushing a little. Man, I don't know what it is about him. Okay, not true. I'll admit that part of it is his looks. Chin-length blonde hair, dark brown eyes, t-shirts that are tight enough to show off his muscles, but not the sort of tight that makes him look like a douchebag. But mostly it's because he talks to me. The fact that it's only me. God damn, Raytha says, sliding up next to me. Is Cameron getting hotter? She asks seriously. I think he is. He definitely is. We both stare toward the doorway, even though he's already gone. I glance sideways at Raytha. He talked to me again, I tell her, smiling. Of course he did. What did he say? He told me nice speech. She's impressed. I can see it in her eyes, even through her gobs of black liner. That's because he wants you, she says. Now, can you please screw him and find out why he's here?
I need to know. Sure, I'll get right on that for you. I swing my bag over my shoulder and survey the room. Travis is still asleep in the corner, his head down on his folded arms. Grab your boyfriend, I tell Raytha, motioning toward him. I have to get home. Evan will be there in 15. Hey, Raytha yells toward Travis, making him jump awake. Let's take off. Savvy's got our brother today. Travis stares at us for a second, blinking heavily as if trying to figure out where he is. He straightens and brushes his long, black hair away from his face. Okay, he says, sounding groggy. But you drive, Raytha. I think I'm still hungover. Well, I say as Travis strolls out the door with us, his skinny shoulders sharp under his thin, long-sleeved t-shirt. That's what happens when you drink in the parking lot of a 7-Eleven until 4 in the morning.